Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Planet podcast. In the past months, we did six podcasts on wastewater with wastewater experts from all over the world. And today, again, in cooperation with UN Habitat, we will add a seventh podcast to this series where we will focus on the Arab region. And I think for many of us, the Arab region may be one of the first that comes to mind when discussing water challenges or more specifically the lack of water. It may be a good region to look at wastewater as a resource for water that can be reused. So let's start by welcoming today's guest in our podcast. I'm honored that we are joined today by Khadun Khashman. He is the Secretary General of the Arab Countries Water Utilities Association, and he's also a member of the Strategic Advisory Group for UN Water, who's monitoring the achievements of SDG 6. His CV is actually a lot longer. We're connected now on LinkedIn, but it would take me uh, quite a bit of time with the podcast to mention all kinds of other achievements. But as Secretary General of the Arab Countries Water Utilities Association, I think we have a lot to talk about today. So welcome, uh, Khadon Khashman. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, my friend Alexander. I'm very happy to be with you. And I would like to welcome the uh, gentlemen and ladies who are uh, joining us in this broadcast. Uh, I'm here to answer and uh, give answers for any of the inquiries from the audience, please. Perfect. And uh, yeah, let's start with the two of us. And then a bit later, uh, we will open up normally after about half or so. Then, then we open up for um, uh, people in the audience to, to ask questions. Um, as, as we discussed in earlier uh, podcast, uh, water is for many listeners a given. Uh, quite a few of us live in, uh, in a Western world and in, in, in well-organized societies. You just open the tap, you open the shower and beautiful fresh water comes out. And that is only half of the, let's say, water cycle that we are involved in. That is the part that you see, but then it flows away. And the second half where it goes into the sewers, it becomes wastewater. Um, it's it's uh, out of sight and out of mind and out of our hearts. Um, but uh, there is, of course, um, uh, it's still a resource. You can do a lot with it. So uh, looking specifically at the Arab region, and I already said in my introduction, for me and from the Arab countries that I visited, my first association is that it's it's a very dry and warm area. So what are your your main challenges in the Arab region um, considering wastewater <clears throat> monitoring? And, and, and Thank you, Alex. Uh, as you mentioned, it is a semi-red area. We have out of the 22 Arab countries, there are 14 Arab countries fell under the poverty line, that's the poor line of the international indicators. That's below 1,000 cubic meter per capita for all uses. Uh, We have two countries, they are ranked from the first for water scarcity in, in, in the world. One of them is Jordan. Uh, seeing that, saying that, then we have to look what about these big challenges. One of the other challenges, some of most of our 70% of our water comes from outside the boundaries of the Arab region, as the case with Syria and Iraq sharing water with 
تركي عند إيران إيجيبت وهد إثيوبيا سودان عند أوغندا عند تل دي بيبول ويريج فيكتوريا ليكس So saying that, I think this is a big challenge. This is a big challenge. Uh, the political also issue in the country have more burden in the water sector. We have internal immigration due to unrest, un political unrest, like in Yemen, in Iraq, sometimes in Libya, in uh, Sudan, in Syria. So some countries also, due to external immigration, they have a lot of refugees like Jordan, Lebanon, Turkey, from our brothers from Syria. And this is the, the, the stress and the challenges in the water resources itself. But there are other challenges that we can talk, and if you like, later, that will make the situation more difficult for utilities to provide uh, the good services for the citizens. Yeah, this is an, an enormous amount of challenges that you mentioned in, in, in a short time. It's, uh, it's the poverty, it's working in the semi-arid region anyway. Uh, I, I suppose climate change plays an extra role. There's the yeah, transboundary yeah. issue that your sources of water are somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, there's the political unrest and war in some countries. and. As a result from all that, you have refugees, and I can imagine dealing with huge flows of refugees is only adding up to all these challenges. So it is, um, as, as French would say, a mer à boire. It's a, 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 a whole ocean to drink of, uh, of, of, of challenges. Um, so uh, focusing specifically on wastewater, I can imagine that uh, you have... Uh, all, all of these aspects create challenges there as well, including on the added pressure that you will feel more than, let's say, a country like Bangladesh or India, that you have to try to make, to reuse uh, wastewater. Um, you live in, in Jordan. I think that's an excellent example of a country that is that's doing the maximum to to use wastewater again. Yeah. Uh, yani nobody can ignore that uh, the treated wastewater now become a part of the water budget of every country. It's a resource similar to uh, conventional water that serves water underground water. Uh, then we have to talk about it's not a wastewater. I don't like this term. It's a reclaimed water. Create reclaimed water that they can again put it in the cycle and use it for uh, some uh, uses like agriculture, like uh, artificial recharge, whatever, and then spare the fresh water for other things. Now, the situation in Arab countries is like that. Uh, some countries are uh, very advanced and connected in uh, let's say people to the uh, sewage system with high percentage. Jordan is near about 70. When we talk about Gulf states, it's almost yani, uh, 90 or 95 percent or more. Uh, but in other countries, still there are lack in achieving the uh, SDGs uh, 6.3.1 regarding connection to the sewage system and the indicators related to that uh, 
uh, indicators. Now, that's, that's why I think here there's a challenge that we have to extend our services in the uh, wastewater systems to make it collected, to clean the environment, to stop using the sea spools, which also may affect the uh, groundwater from contamination. Now, I know that there are uh, some challenges in that. Like if you talk about Egypt, you have more than 3,750 clusters. They need wastewater treatment, wastewater services. The cluster is many small villages, or they call it Nagar in Egypt, or Kafar, or whatever. It's a small villages which have thousands, few thousands of people. Now, it's impossible to go and make one system for those people. Then I think the solution you have to go for decentralized system that you collect some people, they will make a treatment. And again, all of them are farmers, by the way. Now they are taking money from Nile and they take it from what they call it, Tera in Egypt. Tera is a big pool where all the water. After using that, the saline water comes from the, uh, from the soil due to irrigation because it's surface irrigation. And the, the wastewater is going back again to this Tera and the, to Nile itself. Therefore, I think we have to extend the, the, our systems. I gave Egypt as an example, the same in Yemen. Uh, now Yemen is another case because most of the facilities are destroyed. Syria, etc. But let us talk about the good uh, practices in Jordan, in uh, Tunisia, and uh, in, in Morocco, some, up to some extent. Here, yes, we use in Jordan more about than 95% of our treated wastewater. But again, we have to mix it with, blend it with fresh water, service fresh water. That comes through Jordan Valley uh, and Yarmouk River. So what we need now is to improve after extending our networks and our services, we have to upgrade the treatment level. What? Because to reach to a level that we can use this water for unrestricted uses, it's not only uh, to irrigate trees, but we can go for other cultivations to, bring, to make food. That's why I think what we call it, we have to apply the sanitation safety plan, which take care of the, 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 the effluent water comes from toilets, from industry everywhere, through our collection system, through all our uh, sanitary systems, till it is clean and go to the field. Therefore, and we have to put the standards, we have to take care of uh, monitoring systems, not to abuse these uh, and misuse of these systems. Now, once we reach to this, and this is needs, we have to go sometimes for tertiary treatment, then we can use all our water for unrestricted and save the fresh water, clean water, either ground or service for other uses. I think it's a big challenge, and I doubt that most of the Arab countries can meet the uh, 
sustainable goals within 2030 due to many things, at least the funding, uh, which is very rare nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, you need funding, and that's something we should talk about. You also need to have a um, a, be, uh, a a good monitoring, and you need to have the right data because before you can say that it has not been achieved, and I think that's a huge challenge uh, for this region. I fully agree there. You 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 would love to have had a, a basic measurement in 2015 when we started, sure. and I found that in most countries in, in the world there's like a rough guess, a rough estimate. And sometimes they know it of one or two cities, but they don't know it on a country level. Is is that the same challenge in in the Arab region? Yeah, I mean, not not that uh, not not that big challenge because we were uh, fortunate in 2012 when we started in Aqua uh, in one of the first Arab Water Ministerial Council. Arab Water Ministerial Council belongs to the Arab League, where all the Arab countries are members of this. I think everybody knows. Now, where is the issue that, well, we don't have real real data. And you'll find two, three people from every country giving from the same country. Ministry of Water says different than uh, Department of Statistics. Department of Statistics different than. Then we said, well, these numbers, that was in the MDG initiative. You know MDG. Yeah, yeah. So I raised the point in Nigeria where there. We were there in the first of our conferences. We need indicators for ourselves. Yes, Jordanian people, 99 are connected to water, but they are getting it one in the week. In Yemen, once in the month. Is this means that it is okay? 20 liter per capita, per capita as MDG uh, indicates, is it applicable to our region? Of course not. So we decided to add some indicators to the MDGs and we were assigned by other, uh, our Aqua and Esqua, you know Esqua, uh, East, South, uh, uh, Asia, uh, Social and Economic uh, Commission. It's a part of the UN. We got uh, some lawyers, some grants from CEDA, Swedish International, and we again start collecting the data through the countries. In every country, there is a national team. National team will have all the stakeholders from all the departments in charge of monitoring the MDG at the time. I don't want to talk more about this. In 2016, we uh, we published the data, clean data, and other indicators, affordability, uh, level of treatment, non-revenue water, etc. Now, these additional became actually the same indicators in SDG 6. So we have good data till 2016. Nowadays, through our assignment with UN Habitat, we are continuing monitoring the uh, progress in achieving the SDGs for the wastewater treatment. Uh, and I think we, now we started good. We have started a very good. We have many connections. We have uh, focal points in every country. We managed to collect some. Hopefully, by the end of this assignment, we'll be having a good data for those connected to the wastewater 
treatment. Why we need this? This is good for investment. This is good to make a funding strategy to move towards 2030. This is good to know the level of treatment, what to do, how to improve it, and the social economic issue behind that. Uh, so our status is acceptable. Hopefully after finishing this, I think we'll be in the right track. This is regarding to the data availability. Fantastic. This is, uh, this is quite positive from all the other regions I spoke to. It was much more patched uh, amount of data. So this is a very well uh, coordinated uh, action uh, that already started under, uh, you mentioned MDG for the listeners, the Millennium Development Goals, the kind of predecessor um, to the uh, Sustainable Development Goals that ran from 2000 to 2015. So this is uh, uh, this is hugely uh, valuable. You met the word, you mentioned the word um, uh, financing uh, money a few times, yeah. and I guess that must be a challenge, especially looking at the completely different welfare state of the country. We talk about, let's say, a country like uh, Qatar or UAE, all the way to practically next door, a country like Yemen that has a completely different status. It's at war and it's very poor. So what are the challenges in the field of, of financing? Yeah, we actually it varies. If you take the Gulf states apart, because God will protect them, we are not jealous. <laughs> they can invest, they can bring the best practices they can do, that's fine. But the other countries, it varies financing. But usually in the other, the rest of the countries, suppose Algeria, they can do. Now after they become stable, they can do. Libya, if they will be stable, they can do. They have a lot of money. Iraq, they can uh, invest. They have a lot of money. Hopefully things settle. But the others, they always depend on two. They can't make capital investment for big projects from the national budget. National budget always, governmental budget given to the utilities, it's rarely uh, can uh, for operational and maintenance, not more than that. Now for new projects to, to, to meet, the, to upgrade your systems, to make 100% people connected, according to the SDGs, then there are two ways, grants and loans. Now in Jordan, frankly speaking, grants we, that we have uh, through our relation with the US, uh, there are some grants always for the water sector. But also we have other challenges, not only the wastewater, non-revenue water is one of them, uh, additional water resources and other for them. The other one is loans. Now, when we're talking about loans, now it become not available always. You know, financing uh, what's happening in uh, Ukraine and Russia, some other priorities now is given for the refugees, uh, like Germany, they used to give uh, for, the, the, for the refugees in their countries. But again, some countries, they reach more than the national growth more than 100% of the national growth. And this has become a dangerous for the stability of the country. 
Even in the law, in some countries, you can't take loans when you reach to this percentage. Now having this, so the source of funding for mega or capital investment become less. Then I suggested once in two conferences to find something called co-funding. And this is my idea. Now we have sufficient funds in most of the countries, social funds in Jordan, which people, the workers of all, they pay monthly and their months are, there is some money, they, they invest it. We can share that, those people, that all people by public owned companies, we can make. We have also some funds for uh, engineering association, doctors association, etc. Those money now, I think you can invest it in water. Why? It is good. Because in the Arab country, it's a monopoly for, for one, one company. They are, those people are in charge of water and wastewater. There is no competition. If you uh, manage your utilities in very proper way, according to international commercialization, then you'll be able to make money also and give back this interest to people. And here, you can avoid the high uh, costly loans comes from the private sector. Because if you ask the private sector to come, I think the return on investment will be very high. I remember in one of the projects, every one JD, you have to save it by 2.1, 2.1 for the interest for 25 years. So this makes that the service product, either water or services, is very costly. And who will pay the tariffs? Government can't. And people, you know, the income in our countries are good. So I think we have to look for this thing. The other source of funding by improving the efficiency, reducing the cost, reducing the energy cost, improving the, the process and reducing the non-revenue water. So yesterday I was talking with UNICEF. In some countries we have 55% non-revenue water. Now this is a money. It's not only resources, but a money. I think we have to look from this perspective for funding our new project, either water and wastewater. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so that's that's it's a challenge that came back in uh, any region, any country that I spoke to in in this series on on how to get the the financing right. And it it seems that the appetite is normally for financing more for the let's say the wash part of of the water, the more visible part of water than um, than 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 on the on the wastewater. Uh, but many of the other people I spoke to also said that it's um, it's a good return on investment, actually, especially if you include the environmental advantages and the health advantages, uh, etc. Et um, I, I briefly touched upon the word climate change. Uh, the Arab region is is particularly af affected by by climate change. It comes out in in all kinds of sure. uh, of reports. Uh, it's it actually the, the Potsdam Institute um, uh, near Berlin in Germany predicted uh, some years ago that by 2050 there'll be large parts in uh, northern Africa in the Arab region where it will be so hot that normal healthy people like you and me 
cannot live there for at least a few months a year. So there's an enormous challenge uh, in um, uh, in the Arab region. How does that affect your your work on on wastewater? Yani, uh, let me let me say it frankly and without feeling shy. The climate change was attacking aggressive, a very and very fast, and our response was very slow. But now it's the time to sit, and I think after this COP uh, seven, which uh, which uh, which uh, was in which was in Cairo, uh, all the all the uh, people at the gates admit that the chapter of water should be studied and supported. It means the the the, uh, the effect of the. Uh, Climate change on water. Before they used to say, okay, on uh, gas emanation, in food, and etc. By saying that, let me tell you the facts. Uh, I remember when I was in the ministry, I was the secretary general, and I used to get the rainfall from all the countries. So I was interested about my city. Yani, to know, yani. At that time, the rainfall was near about. 50 years accumulation was 650. I left in 2009. Nowadays, it is 550. It means within this 20 years, there is low water foil, more than the 10 years before, the beginning of the 50 years. This says that we'll be having dry season and uh, talking frankly, our event dams and the reservoirs we built, it's not filled yeah. now. Yesterday I read a report that Iraq will be the most affected country from climate change. Besides, they are getting most of their water from Turkey and Iran, yeah. which is a shared also. And everybody is affected. Uh, there is one thing still people are not talking about, about the coastal cities. We have 48 coastal cities in the Arab region. These coastal cities, they have two things related to water and wastewater. Many of them, they have desalinated wastewater, desalinated wastewater, and most of the wastewater treatment plant, they dump their water to the oceans and seas. The delta of Egypt, half if the Mediterranean rises by 0.5 meter, there will be displacement of more than 12 million people from the Delta. Now, this is what we have to do and take care. Now, if we treat the wastewater in the proper way, so we are getting additional water resources, less gas, and again, uh, um, uh, producing more food. You know, the SDG, it connects food, water, energy, etc. And the other part, we have to go for reducing energy within our facilities, using the right technologies, uh, go for renewable energies, and again, this will help us in reducing the cost of everything. I think what we need, we have to go more than adaptation, that we need a plan to reduce the effect of the climate change. 
otherwise we leave our uh, area and plan for our grandchildren they will abuse us why they left this land like it is i think politician everybody have to take share the water resources can be managed by either government alone or international organizing it should be shared with international coalition between civil societies funding agencies individual people uh, governments research centers scientists everybody then i think together we can do something to reduce the effect of not only the climate change but also the other challenges that should do fundraising blah 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 yeah yeah and it's a basic philosophy behind the whole uh, agenda 2030 and these sustainable development goals that we're all in it together it's it's the governments it's the ngos it's at a local level it's an international level yes. businesses should be involved uh, in practice we don't always see it as much as we would like to see but that's certainly true your your number of um, half a meter sea level rise in the mediterranean uh, and that leads to 12 million people having to to uh, to to reload oh. that's a scary number because uh, most predictions for the end of the century are something like 1 meter sea level rise so half a meter uh, that will not be halfway because it's an exponential growth but half a meter is is uh, you know w- we are going to see half a meter yeah yeah So even and, and, and keep in mind is delta is the basket of food not only for egypt yeah for many other countries yeah yeah and most people live uh, close to the sea and that probably means also for your your wastewater and anything on your sewers that you suddenly have to the the part that goes into the ocean will have to you have to move it up for half yeah, a meter right. or yeah, you right. can, can offload it yeah, in the right. ocean yeah, yeah so and that study i remember and by the way this thing i presented before seven years in the arab water ministerial council i think delta nine needs more than 50 billion to mitigate and reduce the effect of that investments otherwise they will be shifting 12 million outside with 12 with cities hospitals plus everything so i think what we have to do we have to do now yeah, yeah. it's a good return on investment investing yes, now, yes. Uh, instead of waiting until uh, things uh, things really go wrong and all that comes down of course to a question of governance governance at from anywhere from the international cooperation to um to to local municipalities and i suppose looking at the arab region that there you see very different forms of governance but I suppose the challenge of of good governance for anything related to wastewater is probably everywhere. Of course, yani governance it's 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 like ocean. Yeah. Or or it it covers everything. It covers legislations. You have to put legislations and laws for protection the environment, for protection the water resources for also punishment of those people who abuse this yeah yani we said about monitoring okay we got suppose some industry they throw their uh, heavy metals in the sewer system how can i prevent them 
If I go to the court, how can I prove that they are damaging the environment? So legislations and regulations and implementing this, it's the most important governance. And here we talk about the decision maker and the political involvement at the top of every country. Now, governance comes for standards and developing the standards, uh, bringing also the best practices for that, right uh, uh, investments planning, etc. Governance goes for the tools of water resources, water governance tool. I should know where is what is my water budget, water allocation, where I have to use this water for them, make them, them to maximize the benefits for the people. And I should not uh, suppose, sorry, uh, make tomatoes and I can bring it cheap from somewhere where I can take it to somewhere else. Now, I remember I served in the northern part of Jordan before being a secretary general. We have a treatment plant, it's called Ramtha. So we make like uh, um, association for the farmers, they were planting feathers for the, and this is very expensive. At the end, it's meat and milk. And at the same time, we developed flower cut. And it was very expensive. Those people, they become rich. They become rich. And we make job, job, job creation of jobs. I think we have to look for this wastewater treatment or reclaimed water to maximize the benefits for the national growth of the country and try to make job out of that. And of course, you are cleaning the environment, but there should be a governance in monitoring every step. At the end, you have to see the effect on the soil, on the products that it's safe for eating, for the human who are using the end users, then you need a partnership with the end users, with the farmers, with the people, transparency, uh, public awareness, put your case for everybody that we are facing this. We are doing this to get this. I think everybody will understand and will contribute with, at the level he can. Governance is the most important thing. Governance means transparency. Governance means good. Let me tell you frankly, efficiency is only the way to save the utilities. Reduce non-revenue water, reduce the energy, which we can. And we have examples in Jordan, we reduce in one pumping station, we did it, no more than half million JDs for electricity every year. You just measure how many facilities you have. Then you talk about the brain drain. We are facing big brain drain in the country. You have to make needs, risk assessment for all what you need and put also a plan to how to uh, uh, reduce the risk on every facilities or every uh, operation that you are doing. This is a governance. So governance is needed everywhere. Specifications, standards, building capacity, transparency, 
manuals, uh, best practices, uh, partnership, everything. And at the time, we have to apply the TAP, the TAP process. So this is what we can take talk about governance. Yeah. Wow. There's just so much. Um, I, I can I can imagine how uh, how you as as Secretary General of the of the Arab Countries Water Utilities Association how how many things you have on your plate. You have so many countries. You have so many challenges. Um, it's not a fixed situation either. It's also rapidly. Um, uh, moving targets uh, that that you're working on with influx of refugees and on top of that uh, things like climate change and there's wars taking place etc. So it's it's a, a a lot of things together at uh, at your plate. Um, I promise we would open up for questions from the audience. Uh, so if uh, if anybody has uh, questions, you you know how to to call in with the with the button. It's actually why the app is called Call In, so that people can call in. Um, so if anybody wants to, uh, please uh, go ahead. Um, if I don't see any reactions yet, on um, uh, on on the uh, ACWUA, your your organization, you you have like an annual conference every year. I think it's yeah. a model. Yeah. What what uh what do you aim to achieve at the at the annual conference? And thank you for the invitation, by the way, which I also received. You are welcome, you are welcome. It's open for everybody. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's every it was every two years before we used to make two conferences. One is thematic. Yeah. We take one topic, and this we used to make it in in Arab countries. We did it in Nigeria, in Morocco, in Muscat, in Cairo and Sharm el-Sheikh in Amman, and we were planning to go Yemen and Beirut, then you know what's happening over there. And the other one is the Arab Water Week. The Arab Water Week is a huge conference. Last time we had six, 670 delegates. We had 170 speakers in four parallel sessions. And there were some sessions organized especially for international organizations and donors, whatever. So, so there was 41 exhibitors. And we do with that something, it's called Trenchless Arabia, that to make uh, your projects without digging and etc. Uh, political presentation is there. Uh, I think this time we make it uh, under the theme of agile and smart utilities. I think this is what we need. We should be effective and slim, using the best technology to reduce the risk, to reduce even the over stuff, to reduce the process, to accelerate our things. That's why we, uh, we ask for 16 themes and 56 sub-themes regarding from WASH, sustainability. It will be available and it will be published by tomorrow because today we have uh, we are commissioning the platform we developed. So I think uh, next week it will be available. It's open to everybody. Everybody can register, simply uh, upload his abstract within the forms that we have. Hopefully if it is accepted, he will get the chance to come and learn. And, uh, and there are two back-to-back uh, -back activities. 
that some of them it's a study tour with tourist tour. So suppose we go for Jordan Valley, where uh, where uh, our uh, prophet Jesus baptized, and we can go to some of the desalination plant, Montenegro where Moshe marched to Palestine. Then we, there is a, uh, another tour, a different one to Aqaba and Wadi Ram. In Aqaba, we have a very smart utilities. Everything is run under control by a SCADA system. So people can show how utilities, and they are very efficient. They are covering the operation and management tools are part of the also capital cost. The, the third one, we have to go to Bitra, where is the uh, also wastewater treatment plant and use. So it's science and uh, some sort of funds. Besides that, we, we do a training in the fourth and fifth people. We are, we'll announce about one in revenue water, training program and leadership empowerment. And sometimes some organizations like UN Habitat previously they asked to have a back-to-back -back meeting uh, regarding some things. So they are welcome. I don't want to talk about my country, but I think also Jordan is a good country to see. You are welcomed <laughs> with smiling people and good food. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I see um, uh, a, a question or comment coming in from, from Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn, please join us. Hi. Um... I think I need to put Jordan on my list of countries to visit from what you just said. Um, anyway, um, so much in this podcast so far, it's difficult to like formulate a concrete question. I was just um, in the lead up to the podcast thinking about the Arab region and um, I'd never thought about you know the problem you you don't have a lot of water at your disposal so and then to think about wastewater in the region just like not something i ever thought about as alex said in the intro i mean i live in a country i'm in switzerland i live in a country where i can um turn on the tab and i get clean clean water wastewater is treated um uh, to, to a degree that it can be just, it's safe to, it's almost safe to drink after. And um, what I was wondering when I was listening to you um, also mentioning, you know, the heat and all that. So is the heat, is there a special challenge in the heat and wastewater treatment? Is that something that, um, makes it more difficult to to treat wastewater as uh, that that would be question one and you also mentioned um that there is money to be made in wastewater treatment and that will make sense to me since if you can reuse wastewater that that's definitely something that's um what's the word i'm looking for um that gosh Hang on. Um, it's just something that, that will make a lot of sense in your region to to really be able to reuse the water as many times as possible. Um, is that 
something that people, it didn't sound like people are really putting money into it. So is that something you're looking to achieve as well? Okay, thank you very much. Those are broad questions, I'm sorry. (laughs) Thanks Thanks so much, Evelyn. Hello, please. For the heat, I think the world should make more efforts for reducing the gas emissions. Because it comes from greenhouses, from industry, from uh, consuming a lot of energy, from the uh, factories, etc. And I think there was a commitment worldwide. Some countries they left and hopefully they will come back. I'm talking about US, you remember in the last president period. And I hopefully this can, it's a major efforts with everybody from guy from the house till the uh, big uh, industrial country and the G20, G7, etc. Now, if the, if the heat, uh, the temperature is rising, how it will affect the, the technology, the, the treatment? I think this is a very scientific issue that uh, experts and scientists can find solution to uh, improve the way of treatment, to do some te- some technical issues, then it will go. It needs some investment, yes. But it can be adopted and it can be find solution for that. The solution is to reduce the emission. This is the solution from, as I said, from everybody. Every act from any simple person, he can reduce uh, this much a small much of dissemination. For the reuse, yes. And when you, you know, in Arab countries, agriculture takes from 70 to 75% or 80 some countries for the motor resources. Some of people, they can't, they, they don't cultivate because they don't have the water. When you clean your water to a good level, then you are using and cultivating more lands. And you are cultiv- giving opportunity the people to work in their uh, uh, towns. We have an idea, and we, once we develop a proposal, but we could not win it, that to go to the countryside, where the people have, suppose, 2,000 square meters, and the small houses, to build them small natural treatment plants. That they can, suppose we call some herbs, herbs, uh, medical herbs. And it is in our country, in, in Egypt, they are doing a lot of money out of it. Uh, sorry, in Tunisia. So we are creating job. We are getting rid of the contamination. And people will remain in, on the countryside. So reuse, it has many, many uh, good effects. That's why in one of our projects with EMI, it's called uh, Rewater, we have a chapter about social economic effects and we give it training on that. Gender, affecting gender. Ladies who are at the house and the countryside, sorry, they don't have jobs, they can be involved in that. Uh, producing uh, goods, also, it's an income for everybody, the country and the people. So both, I think uh, I, I answered your question. Yeah, excellent. Um, yes, thank you. Can I, can I have a quick follow-up? Please do. 
Okay, thank you. Um, I was just in, in terms of like raising awareness, like public awareness, like you just mentioned, you know, there's so many things that can be done, like you can get women involved and all that. How important do you think is that? Um, how important do you think it is to raise awareness globally on a on a global scale? Because I certainly wasn't aware of I was aware of some of the struggles, but not of um, all the struggles that you mentioned and also all the possibilities. So what can we do to raise awareness um, globally? Yeah, many ways, ma'am. This, this our, uh, <coughs> our meeting, this is one of the public awareness. Now it will be brought, it will be published everywhere. Uh, Mr. Alexander knows that we did three webinars regarding to this. This is in the Arab region, and there were other webinars within, I think, Caribbean and Asian, three or four. Now, many things are produced, and I think what we have to do to disseminate it, it through media, through, through the newsletters, through the conferences, what we are doing, not only ours, but everywhere. But the thing that we have to put all this knowledge and send it to the people and make it that they can be access for the data freely and with transparency. I think what you said, ma'am, is very valid issue. There are many use. Now, if you have this, uh, uh, the, the result of this, you can tell your friends about what you heard today. This is a part of the public awareness. This broad, uh, broadcast can be, will be published. We have 8,000 uh, contacts in our database in Aqua. We'll give it to everybody. You unhappy that will do. Every participant will talk, oh yes, this is our future. Let's join together. Public awareness not only for governments, for everybody. Yani your son has to know how he used uh, the toilet, how he saved water, how blah, 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 many things to do. In my house, I have water harvesting. I have a gray water system. I have a renewable energy system, water saving devices. I'm not paying money, much money. This is one of the things I'm doing myself. Fantastic. And that's a, a follow-up question on that one. You're, you're talking about new, well, maybe these are old te technologies, actually, because things like collecting your, your rainwater, for instance, something we already did in, let's say, the Middle Ages. But there's other all, all, all kinds of new technology developments, um, like, like nanotechnology, etc. Is that, um, is that something you're, you're working on? And are you hopeful that technology can bring progress in this field? Yes, yes, nano is needed, especially for desalination. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nano when with zero pride. This yeah. is something amazing. Uh, I know one of my friends, he was working in, uh, sorry, forget, in one of the American universities. I, I, it will come back. They, they used to make uh, the, the desalination was zero, zero prime. And even this salt, they take it for factory, producing bricks, or etc. 
Now the nano and desalination is still talking about pilots. I think this should be extended. At the same time, we have to improve our membranes also to make more efficient. Nano and uh, wastewater treatment, I think um, people, if we want to reach like Singapore, drinking again the reclaimed water, that's another issue. But it will be, I think, some little bit costly. Any new technology can reduce the cost, can produce much better clean standards of water and wastewater, it's everybody should go through. Yes, there is there is a good, uh, uh, I think, results by using nano. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. We are um, nearing the, the full hour. I never want to make it longer than one hour. I always aim at something like 45 minutes to 60, as, as people have seen in, in the previous uh, podcast. Um, I think we've covered a lot of ground in uh, in, in in this uh, discussion. Uh, we've spoken about the challenges, uh, the the social financial situation of uh, of of quite a few of the countries in the Arab region, uh, the drought, the climate. We spoke about the transboundary issues that you're dependent on the water that comes from an upstream country, and with all the challenges that that gives. We spoke about. The, the, the political unrest, the refugees. So that's the whole context we spoke about. We spoke about the financing challenges. We spoke about the governance challenges. Uh, we spoke even about um, hope for, for um, uh, technology. We spoke about the importance of raising awareness. Um, and uh, we, we are also, we're not just coming to the end of this podcast. We're also coming to the end of this series of podcasts because at least for 2022, this is the last uh, one planned for this year. It's a series of seven, so whomever missed one of the previous six, uh, just uh, follow them. You can uh, you can follow on the call-in app uh, for those listening later, uh, but you can also listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or quite a few other uh, places as well. Um, I have learned a lot from you and from your you. colleagues all over the world that I've been speaking to. And uh, a key, a few key conclusions just on the top of my head. Uh, one is that wastewater is extremely important for many, many reasons, health and environment and, and, and many more. It's often a bit neglected because it's out of sight. That's something that came back in many of the talks that we had. Um, but it's actually a very good return on investment, uh, purely from a financial point of view, but especially so if you include in all the the bycatch that you have in a in a healthier, better population, a better environment that in turn may attract more investment or tourism, etc. So there's a lot of um, advantages uh, connected to it. I note a lot of worry amongst all over the world, people I spoke to that uh, we're not going to make it in 2030 to reach all the targets, which, by the way, is nothing new. The same happened with the Millennium Development Goals. The same happens with all kinds of other uh, <coughs> goals uh, than, than water and also the other goals within water in, 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 in the field of wash, etc. You cannot always reach all the targets that you have set. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, they're good to aim at. And of course, they're reasonable targets. We shoot uh, worldwide, all of us, uh, try to achieve these for a better and a more fair and a more sustainable world. And wastewater is uh, certainly an essential part of it. And that is the big gain from the Millennium Development Goals to the Sustainable Development Goals, that wastewater was now accepted as a as a separate target so with this ending i would i would love to give floor back to you for any last uh remarks uh, that you would like uh, to make yani i would like to refer to one of my experiences in 1993 i went to sweden for a training program i was young at that time in gutenberg it was 42 days of training program. It was very, actually, I, I, it was one of the milestones of my future career. So I learned two things there. Uh, I remember still also the professor, he told us, I told him, how, what about your structure? What about your utilities? So he drew for me something that you can't understand. Something, it goes up, down. I told him what this means. He told me the only permanent is change. <laughs> we have to be changed That's a good for one. the better. The other thing I remember, they told me when we, we went to Stockholm, to the nice lake over there, they told us that we could not before 20, at that time, 20 or 15 years, we could not swim here or eat the fish. We clean it. I told him how. He said, we clean our water and we even made investments to our neighbor who are sharing us with the lake to clean their wastewater and to be friendly for this lake. Here we talk about partnership and, and, and share, sharing the cost and benefits for every action. I think rich people rich uh, countries who are producing most of the pollutant in the world should have more responsibility towards because he they can say that okay we are safe they are from the earth africa are from the earth everybody is affected everybody is, so partnership and everybody should have the responsibility at the end sharing cost and benefits of everything Good and bad. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much. Um, with that, I would like to thank you very much uh, for uh, joining here. I would like to thank Evelyn for asking questions. I would like to thank uh, the other audience that is listening right now live, including uh, those from America. I'm sorry that you had to wake up this early. So it's a huge motivation that you got up this early in America to uh, to listen to this. That's a bit odd time compared to all the other ones. And uh, we'll be back with a podcast um, in the next year, maybe even before that, but on, on wastewater, certainly not more uh, for this year. At this moment, I see the clock just jumping to the full hour. I promised I would keep the one hour. Um, Hadon, please stay on the on the Zoom call, but I'm going to. Uh, okay. Thanks so much for listening.